0: You are listening to the Red Carpet Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Eric Root.
1: And I am your other host, Bree Prout.
0: Today we are going to talk about a movie on Disney Plus called The One and Only Ivan. But before we do, what's your concession choice? Ooh. Dumb
1: drops. Can you even get those at a movie theater anymore?
0: Or at all. (laughs) I think if you call them Dots, yes.
1: (laughs) With no sugar on top.
0: Right, yeah, no, there wouldn't be any sugar on top. I am partaking in this little lovely beverage. Pepsi infused with mango. It's like a fruit party in my mouth or something. It's actually not bad. I'm not a fan of mango. I, I don't really care for it. Um, but this, I gotta say, I'm still digging it. I may have talked about this once before. And, um, I think what it is, is it's got a pretty decent aftertaste, even though most carbonated caffeinated soda beverages do not, but, um, this one's actually pretty decent.
1: Nice. I have not had it. I don't do well with flavored sodas. I like the originals. I was going to say, because unless you count Cherry Coke, but
0: yeah, that's a flavored beverage. I would totally count that out.
1: Right. But I don't know. I guess it's been around long enough.
0: I, I believe in diversity and inclusion. So I would include Cherry Coke into the mix as to not segregate it from any other beverages. It's not bad with Cherry Coke. I can't have too much of it. Otherwise, I, um let me see if I can put this nicely, may have to make a few bathroom trips during a movie if I have too much cherry Coke. Not pleasant. Just saying. So the one I still and only like
1: cherry Coke.
0: <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not discrediting it at all. I like vanilla Coke. I even like vanilla cherry Coke, but that's basically becoming a Dr. Pepper at that point. <laughs> All right. The one and only Ivan um, came out in 2020, again, in the midst of the pandemic, straight to Disney+. Plus. It is officially labeled as an American fantasy drama film directed by Thea Sherrick from a screenplay written by Mike White, based on the 2012 children's novel of the same name by K.A. Applegate. It's inspired by the true story of Ivan the Gorilla. The film stars the voice of Sam Rockwell as Ivan alongside Angelina Jolie, who also helped produce the film. Voices of Danny DeVito, Helen Mirren, Brooklyn Prince, Shaka Khan, Ron Funches, and Philippa Sue, along with Mike White, with the human characters portrayed by Ramon Rodriguez, Ariana Greenblatt, and Brian Cranston. So this film is actually the second time recently that I've, uh, it, it's my second overall time viewing it. The first time is right after it came out in the pandemic. You've got Brian Cranston, who plays the character Mac. He's the owner and ringmaster of the Big Top Mall. Uh, Ramon Rodriguez is George. Um, it's Julia's father and janitor at the Big Top Mall. Ariana Greenblatt is Julia. That's George's daughter, who encourages Ivan to draw. Uh, you've got Owen Arthur as Costello, the security guard at the mall, uh, who Mac orders to keep Bob out. Mm-hmm. Hannah Bourne as Helen, uh, Mac's ex-wife, who left Ivan uh, w- or left when Ivan got older. Um you got Eleanor Matsura playing Candace Taylor, a news reporter who covers Ivan's finger painting. Uh, and Dira Varma as Dr. Watts Wilson, the zoologist and then Mike White cameos as a passing driver who witnesses the animals escaping into the intersection. But it's the character voices for the, for the actual animals, which is interesting. You've got Sam Rockwell as Ivan, uh, a western lowland silverback gorilla that was rescued at a young age by Mac. Angelina Jolie plays the, does the voice of Stella, the wise African bush elephant that's Ivan's friend. And Danny DeVito as Bob a stray dog that is Ivan's friend and often sneaks into the big top mall. Um, Let me pause for just one second there. Welcome to the call there, Richard Valentine. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. Are you on the job right
2: now working as a firefighter? I am home right now. I go to
0: work back on the job tomorrow morning. Oh very cool. Um, so introductions for our listeners here. Richard Valentine is one of the lucky people to have been involved with this movie. The uh, one and only Ivan and he played uh, was it there an official title like uh, protester number 12 or something like that. So
2: I was one of the protesters in the front um of the mall during the movie when they were trying to free the gorillas from the mall so it wasn't in a f- official numbered title there was a- several of us that were involved in that um but they placed us based on um different factors during auditioning and things for the movie um and i got to be right in the front and got to see myself on the big screen that was exciting and It was fun to be involved with such a huge production so close to home.
0: That was uh, one of the first questions that I have. And forgive me, Bree, um, in case you were going to ask this one. Where was that filmed, that scene with them all? So the scene was
2: filmed in Lakeland. So right off the highway.
0: um, Did not know that that was filmed in Lakeland. That's funny.
2: Yes, yeah, so that scene was filmed in Lakeland, Florida.
0: That's we only spent... 20 minutes from where I'm currently sitting, sir. Yeah, so it was, it was quite exciting.
2: It wasn't a far drive from me. I've done several other shows, and um, it's it was quite cool to not have to drive to Orlando for everything all the time for <laughs> a lot
0: of the filming. Um, it was nice to stay local. Very cool. Bree, uh, did you have any questions for Richard before I continue?
1: Yeah, I have several, so feel free to jump in whenever you would like. <laughs> um, first of all, hi. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Um, nice to meet you. How did you get involved in um, being a part of movies like this?
2: So I started out um, several years ago, about 12 years ago. My wife and I actually wanted something that we could enjoy and do together. And so we started off trying some different um, auditioning for different agencies and companies And we found one based out of Orlando that we really had a blast with. Um, They always had auditions. They were always a part of large things like um, the Maiden, Mrs. Maisel. And, you know, there was a lot of wonderful things um, that they let us be a part of. Um, They're a big production company that did, had a huge part in the Dolphin Tale 1, the Dolphin Tale 2. And filled in clear water. Yeah. Yeah. So super, super awesome. Agency. And once we got on with them, we did a bunch of auditioning, and this one popped up randomly. I had to work it between work schedules and things like that to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to get to audition. The more in the film industry, the more that you audition, the more you show your face, the more directors you get around, the more liked you become. And when you become more liked and you're seen and you're always there for them, they tend to pick regulars quite often. So um, when these big, huge, big screen shows come up with large companies like Disney and Universal Studios, they tend to pick the people that they know that they can trust and that will be there and who obviously do a great job. Um, And so that's how we got involved with them. And they had started doing several auditions for this. And it took weeks and weeks and weeks before they finally told us exactly what we were going to be doing. Um, And then they finally said, you know what, why don't we have you be in the protester role? And Mm -hmm. from there, my wife was also a protester as well. Um, They tend to also during production, they'll move you to different places. So you'll play multiple different roles in that film. Fortunately, I was only on that one. Um, But they do have multiple roles that they can move you to. And that's, that's how we got involved. So it just started very small, doing little commercials, little things. I did stuff for um, Universal's Diagon Alley um, okay. at Universal okay. Studios. That was an awesome experience. Um, um, as a paramedic on my job, I actually ended up Into Beyond AE's Live Rescue. So I've been on there a few times. So it's a few episodes I'm in that. And, um, you know, it just kind of expanded from there. And then I started noticing IMDb, you know, gaining popularity and things like that. And you just start to get excited about what you do. Mm -hmm. You just love it every day. And then you get to see the big cameras and the big screens and you get to see all the work that's put in behind the scenes that people who go to the movie theaters and watch these shows don't really ever know goes on. Right. And that's what I think is so cool about being a part of large movie productions.
0: Now, I I know that the one and only Ivan is listed on your IMDb, but I also know that you, because I've seen the commercial where you were involved in the, what was it, National Geographics, The Right Stuff uh, series?
2: Yep. so I was in The Right Stuff. Um, I was in the scene, the launch scene of that TV show. Um, I was one of the, people in the bleachers watching the launch right as they were getting ready to do their very first launch. Um, pretty big thing. Um, and that was another cool experience because we got to actually go onto NASA's property, go out to the actual launch pad and film.
0: It that's what I was going to ask. Exciting. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, So we went
2: right out there and was right on the launch pad where all this took place. Um, sat right across from where the NASA space shuttle launches are and Got to see, you know, not only some history behind what that TV series is about, We got to That's play cool. a role of the people who actually were there during the time that, that this show took place.
0: Right, because it, it looked like they did the full uh, costuming for the time period for like spectators, yes. stuff like that. I mean, you got to go authentic if you're going to go that route. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Um, so do we anticipate anything coming up? in the near future now i know you've moved from florida all the way to alaska and that's a short drive yeah yeah that
2: was a long (laughs) 5049 mile drive um so right now i haven't heard of anything coming up um no major productions that i've seen in the near future at least not in the next three to six months um i think this covid stuff has kind of put a big hold on Mm. having all the production companies and groups being together it's difficult to film when you're wearing a mask and things like that so um i think Um, A lot of things that I've seen locally have been um, very small. Um, I'm trying to get in touch with a guy that I know here locally in Alaska who is going to try to put on some kind of Alaska um, type program. So not sure really what's going on. Come to
0: Alaska. We have fish. That's right. That type of (laughs) thing.
2: It's eight o'clock in Florida now, and it's uh, just bright and sunny here. The sun doesn't go down here this time of year. Right. uh, Okay. Lots of time to film up here.
1: What what made you want to get involved in being a part of this?
2: So I've always I've wanted to be my dream has always been to be a firefighter paramedic and that's what I do for a living. Um, But aside from that, I there's a lot of money to be made in the film industry. Um, I started out my career with TV and film and modeling. Um, I started out in Scottsdale, Arizona, with John Consablanca's modeling agency. Learned how to act, learned how to model properly. Got into the billboard shoots and things like that and I was like you know what this is awesome but not the awesome I'm looking for and I had the opportunity to go to a filming and watch how this stuff was done to learn because I was going to try to get involved with some of the backstage and some of the lighting and some of the special effects things because I thought that was the coolest thing to be a part of and I saw all the actors and I saw everybody just wandering behind the stage and they just look super excited and super happy to be a part of these big productions. And I said, you know what? I should give this a try. I have the ability to act. Um, I've been through school, I'm educated. So, and, um, work in my early career with Disney taught me a lot, um, taught me a lot about customer service and a lot about how to interact with people and, and just make memories. And my memories were made when I started doing some of the light modeling stuff and and getting involved in that. And then I realized after doing some research that a lot of it has to do people start in the modeling and they go into the film industry. And then I met my wife 12 wonderful years ago. And um, she's like, Hey, there's this agency that we should try in Orlando. And I said, well, I've learned a lot about the right agencies and what to look for. And, and I said, you know what, let's try them out. And we got our first gig together doing um, Universal Diagon Alley. And then we did some stuff for several other um, small productions, some out of country. We did some yingling beer stuff, which was fun. Some bar scenes. That was awesome. And some Japanese TV shows, which was kind of cool. And then we like, wow, this is a lot of fun. So we, now, should, we should try
0: out. Now yeah, let me let me clarify though, because you said some very nice things about your wife, as you should. But be honest, she's the one holding the camera right now and prompting you. I wish that was the case. She <laughs> <is> that <worse? laughs> I mean, No, I'd I'm just I'm sunshine. just kidding. I'm sure she's lovely. I've never had the pleasure of meeting her. Um, she is. Wonderful. But um, it does look like you guys do tend to try to work uh, when you're doing these types of productions um, together. So. Since you're basically rich now and you're high roller Richard, um, all jokes aside, though, what are they with things like that? I imagine they're like a per diem per day um, on extra work. You don't have to go. You don't have to go into numbers. I'm just guessing it's not a it's not a flat rate. It's probably like, hey, you work so many days. Mm -hmm. We're going to compensate you for those days.
2: Right. So generally when you're doing extra work, unless you have what they would call like a primary role, um, which would be a voice speaking type role, even those primary roles, there is always just a flat rate. Um, I think the smallest one that we had ever done was right around $250 for four hours. Wow. Um, But it pays very well. That's almost stripper money right there. I know. (laughs) Um, So some of these will go as far as, um, they'll be up in the thousands for just day rates wow and you know the only bummer about it is is you do pay for your own drive time you pay for your own mileage you pay right. your own food your own hotels and some of these auditions can take three four days at a time and mm-hmm. it's not just you show up through rehearsal you get a part in, you show up on the day of shooting right there's a lot of pre-shoot days like for the one and only ivan we went out there's a wardrobe day and that's just finding the perfect costume that fits you, that works for you, that help you with your part. Then there's a day just for hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. So then you go in for a whole separate day and they make your hair just right for the right film. And they, if, it, if you have to have facial hair, if you have to have long hair, you got you to wait. You have to wait for your hair to grow out. So there's multiple, multiple days involved, especially the larger the film, the more days that are involved. And those are quite a bit more financially securing where you make quite a bit of money doing these,
0: I imagine too. You would need to. The more mo- you probably make more in those roles if you're a SAG member.
2: You can not necessarily. Um, okay. SAG is something that that's a SAG is one of those things that is real debatable and controversial right now. I was going to say um,
0: just be careful on what you say in case they listen, because you never want to discredit yourself from the ability to right, be a member. Right, no. Okay.
2: No, So it's it's wonderful to be a member. So SAG offers you a lot of other opportunities. So with SAG, you have certain auditions that SAG members can do that others cannot. So because I'm not SAG, I'm not able to do certain types of auditions. Now, that doesn't eliminate me from large shows or large corporate productions. Right. It just it's a different there's a different fee scale. Mm -hmm. So they're paid a lot more. Um, you pay a lot to be a member, but yes. mm-hmm. you also have a lot more doors that open. Some productions will only hire SAG members. Right. Um, so it really opens up a lot of doors in that aspect. But I, what I found is that with our situation, we have a big family and things like that. It was better to go with a credible um, company that gave us a lot of opportunities to be a part of a lot of small things so that we could then be a part of larger things as we learn to grow and we learn to learn more about the industry and how it works before we invest in, in specific and very isolated. Obviously, me here in Alaska, if I have to go to something in Florida, I got to fly and I'm going to have to get, um, you know, pay for plane tickets for all of us to get there and time off and all that. So it makes it quite a bit more difficult. So it's a lot easier not having that to to hold me back being like, well, you know, it's going to cost us this much for flights. Let's not take this audition. Let's try for the next one. Sure. Where SAG's like, Hey, we need you to be there. Um, but again, it is an awesome company to be a part of. You have so many more opportunities and they have so many auditions worldwide that they, mm-hmm. that they have. So it, it does open up so many more doors and it's something that we're considering, especially if, if I keep getting phone calls and keep getting emails about, Hey, you know, Where's Richard? We want him to come here and be a part of this. We want him to be a part of this.
1: So what um, What happens with the audition and you find out what the job's going to be? You know, the script and the concept, or do you kind of find out during filming? Or is it just, hey, show up on this day, do this, this, and this, and you'll find out later?
2: Right. So it can it can be a little bit of both. The smaller okay. productions are typically, you know, hey, we want you be there on this day you show up on the day that they're going to start the filming and everybody gets briefed together. Like, Hey, you that are doing this role, we want you to stand over here. You'll talk to the casting directors and you'll talk to them about what your role is going to be. Because like I said before, your roles sometimes will change. You will hold multiple different roles. Um, We did a filming in Orlando where I was going to do one role and then I was going to be switched to be a security guard. And then they decided, no, they had another person that could stay later, so they switched us back again. So it's all based on time and availability. Um, but the larger productions, like the one and only Ivan. Um, there was a set role. You had a set job. It was pre-discussed prior to being there. They discussed what your rate of pay was going to be, how many hours you're going to be there. There's overtime. So if they do need people to stay longer, you're obviously compensated and paid well for having to be there even longer. And okay. so... It's not always clear cut. It's not always cut and dry. You have to be able to adapt and overcome. Um, that's one of the biggest things in the film industry. Nothing is, is black and white. Nothing is straightforward. You have to be very flexible and being able. There's days where they said, hey, show up on this day. We show up and no one's there. And we're like, hey, casting directors, what's going on here? And they're like, you know what? We changed the day. We tried to get the emails out. Uh, but we're missing some people who were supposed to be here. So we just couldn't. And mm-hmm. so things change. Mm -hmm. Um, that's so, but most of the time when you audition for a part, you know, what part you're going for. Um, and the funny thing is, is auditions are never what you're actually going to be doing. They'll have you pick apples from a tree and pretend you're sticking them in a basket and walking around and, you know, some things that look silly, but there's a purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is just to see that you can overcome and adapt to different changing environments and scenes because movies are always changing. The magic happens in the editing, not in the filming.
0: That's true. <laughs> so, uh, y- you know, you've kind of skated around, though, the Orlando-based company that you were working with. Are you allowed to say who you went with?
2: Yeah. So the company that I go with is based out of, I'm going to look up exactly, because I don't want to give wrong information, make sure I give the correct stuff here, um,
0: I mean, you, could, you don't have to give me the, the address. If you have a name, though, that no, would be absolutely so, be cool. Um,
2: yeah, so the, the company that my wife and I go with is Frontrunner Casting in okay. Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a pretty big agency in the state of Florida. One of the biggest things that we learned when looking for the right agency is there should never be a fee for you to have to come and audition um they you know these casting directors and people want the people who are going to be right for the film mm-hmm. and going to be right for whatever production they're doing so if you fit the role there shouldn't be a charge to to try to show what you can offer them for this video or for this film um so frontrunner has like I said been that's cool. quite an awesome agency to be a part of somebody who's really been out there. And the owners of the company are just absolutely have always had our back. We're so flexible and understanding. And it's like, Hey, I can't make this day, but I can make all the other three days. They're like, you know what? That's fine. We'll get you in there. Don't worry about it. So
0: let me, let me ask you this as a follow-up when it comes to, you know, the kind of the thought process you had. So you've gone from, you were in South Florida, weren't you? When you ended up leaving and going to Alaska.
2: Right. So we lived in, um, Cape Coral,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, down I'm familiar. Myers yeah. area. and so because front is located in Orlando, all the auditions happened in Orlando. Right. So we would have to make, make trips and drive up. Sometimes it'd be just myself or if my wife w- was off and was able to partake in it, then we okay. would just make it a, a family trip together.
0: So the question I was going to ask though, was why Alaska as opposed to one of three places, Atlanta right. or Georgia in general, mm-hmm. California, New York, because those are the biggest productions when it comes to television and movies. Um, was it more of the firefighter side of the career that that kind of made that decision? Because Alaska, I, I I'm having a hard time remembering the last time I've seen anything in Alaska, except for maybe if it, they filmed insomnia maybe right robin williams film from a long time ago might have been filmed 30 there.
1: days of night right. uh,
0: yeah, okay fair um <laughs> but I, i'm curious why you chose alaska as opposed to one of those other three states
2: yeah so um the reason we chose alaska was definitely for the fire job so i was born and raised here mm-hmm. um i Did live on the peninsula the most popular area in the entire state people who come here to vacation come to the Kenai Peninsula mm-hmm. this is where all of our fishing king salmon fishing the Kenai River and all that is um so this has always been home my wife happens to be from Florida I had always wanted to live in Florida my aunt and uncle lived in uh, south in Boca Raton okay. and when I moved there I fell in love with Florida and actually Florida still is home you know we're dealing with 65 degree weather here right now and we're like man I miss the 80s and the 90s and the humidity it's you either love it or you hate it here
1: I hate it so, <laughs> when I was younger
2: <laughs> when I was younger um, I started out as a volunteer firefighter in Alaska and my heart fell in love with the job and it's just something I have always wanted to do and I'd always wanted to work for my agency that I work with in Soldotna, and I had never had the opportunity or the credentials or the experience to be able to get on full-time as a career firefighter. Um, so it was difficult to to get those. So when I moved to Florida, I got all my credentials. I became a paramedic and I've been doing this for 12 years now and just still fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. The movie career has been kind of something I've always done on the side. It's never been a primary industry for me. Um, before I left, things started to kind of get bigger. The one and only Ivan came out, offered a lot of opportunities to be in a lot of large films. Mm -hmm. And it was a hard decision um, based on there's the potential income from starting out in the Hollywood and film industry, Mm -hmm. where I had gotten really settled and very comfortable with. Then going to being a city firefighter paramedic, which is totally different industry, but where my heart has always been. So mm-hmm. an opportunity came up when I came up here to Alaska for vacation, and and I decided to jump on it and try and just see if I could make it, if I had what it took to to make it, and, and I did, and I've been a valuable asset to this department, and, and I'm still serving my community, still making cool. memories and have wonderful stories to talk about, but my filming career is not over. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity and to connect with the right people. That's Something else that if anybody wants to get into this industry, networking. Networking is so big in the film industry. And that's how you make it. You have right. to get in front of the right people. You have to get in front and talk to the right individuals who can get your name out there. And just, and then have a wonderful personality and a positive outlook on, on your career and your passions and just following those. And, and film will always be a part of my life. It's something I enjoy. Um, but this is my new life here at this point until something larger scoops me up off my feet and sweeps me away. I imagine the
0: benefits too, that you get through the firefighting gig is probably better than what you would get from doing the acting because there's no guarantee.
2: Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's no guarantee with the acting. Um, but I still have agencies that I'm affiliated with that are in Georgia that are still front runner in Florida. So I always have the opportunities to go back and to do things and I'm always getting emails and and text messages saying, Hey, we got this coming up. Are you available for these dates and times? It's just a matter of me saying yes and making the time to go and do it. Very cool. Um, but I base it a lot on on time, around schedules and the value of the time I'm gonna put in. If it's a five day event, it's $150, it's probably not gonna be my best interest. I should wait for something a little bit larger
0: because I'm so <laughs> far away. Sure. Sorry, Bree. I know we're, we're, I'm trying to keep an eye on the clock because of the uh, zoom call, but uh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Um, so going back to being a part of the one and only Ivan, what was yeah. the day on the set? Like,
2: so on the set of the one and only Ivan started out early in the morning before the sun even comes up. Um, you spend probably an hour to two hours getting dressed, getting makeup, getting your hair done, being just right. And then you spend a majority of your day, I would probably say four or five hours, just sitting and chit-chatting, having snacks and drinks, and just waiting for the casting directors to tune in the cameras properly, to get the scene sets right, to get the lighting perfect. And, and I couldn't imagine how long I was going to be sitting on the set of that movie before I actually got to do anything. Um, you'd be surprised. They take a strip mall that is, is so modern. And they completely do everything from take walls down to put false walls up to changing signage to putting, I mean, putting vehicles in of that era to make it Mm -hmm. look absolutely incredible and so time consuming to see all the different screens and stuff that are used to be able to make, make these movies come to life is just mind blowing. So there's a lot of time, I think more time is spent preparing the set to film than the couple minutes that you have and then you come to the point where they say hey guys it's time to line up it's time to perform we step up we do our thing and it's over and over and over and over multiple different times um <laughs> there might be 20 30 times of filming just a fraction of a second of a part or hey you didn't yell loud enough let's do this again Um, The casting directors and uh, the directors of these movies are absolutely phenomenal at at being so encouraging, especially the Walt Disney production team. I mean, they are just incredible. Um, They were so patient dealing with so many different people, so many different acting levels, people who have never done this before. Some people, this was their first time ever. And then you got people (laughs) like my wife and I who have done several different films, small films and commercials. So we understood and knew what kind of to expect. We know there's a lot of hurry up and waiting. We know that there's a lot of redoing and redoing and redoing, especially in Florida where it's hot and the heat mm-hmm. of the day. We're like, oh God, <laughs> let's hurry up and finish this, this set so we can move on to the next set and film. And then we pack everything up after that's done. All the noise levels were good. Everybody did well. It's like, okay, pack up, let's move to a different area. Now, now we move to and do something totally different. Now you're back at ground zero again, back new hairstyle, new (laughs) outfit. So they don't see you twice in the same film wearing the same outfit. So you look like a different person. You know, it's it's just incredible at how much time goes into it, even more than I see. um, But just the camera and production equipment is just incredible at at the transformation it takes to make something like this happen.
0: Did they allow um, any of you guys at that particular shoot to meet or interact with any of the main characters so sometimes
2: um we are allowed to meet with anybody because we're just as much a part of the movie as they are Mm -hmm. um we're allowed to it's just they have so much more in the roles and more things to do that they're busy they don't get very many breaks i've seen them at times work 12 to 14 hours and never stop filming it's constant wow so um, the father and daughter that were in the beginning of that film mm-hmm. throughout the movie, um, we got to see them multiple times. Didn't get a lot of time. We got some time to chit chat and to say hi and those kind of things with them. But time with them is, is thin. And it's not because they're higher on the chain or, or any more important than anybody else. Because without all of us there, the film couldn't take place. It, everything has to fall into place perfectly in order for it to work out. Um, but yeah, when you're in these large films, you can meet the stars of the films. You can sit and talk with them. We all eat together, drink water together, have sodas and lunch together. We all do everything together. We're a team.
0: Very cool. I was just curious, like, you know, yeah. if you you know you had some tale where like Bryan Cranston is serving <laughs> lunch to all the production crew. <laughs> Doubtful. Yeah. He's we got, a, he's to got enough obviously. to worry about. <laughs> what a,
1: What was your favorite memory or takeaway in being a part of the one and only ivan whether it was um like a scene you were a part of or something you saw what was what's your favorite thing about it
2: i think the most exciting thing about that movie was just the fact that this was my wife's first experience on the big screen able to have an appearance um and be able to watch a movie that everybody's gonna see and be like wow i can't believe that I was there and be like, wow, it, it, it didn't look like that when I was there. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> it, like I said, the behind the scenes things that happened. Um, but I think the biggest thing was just being, knowing that you are a part of something so huge and so exciting. And it's based on a book that's been around for many years that people finally get to see come to life and get to enjoy. It, it was in a such a great time in our life and a great time before all this COVID stuff hit that. We really just felt so close with the production team. I've worked with them on several other films and you get to see the same people over and over. And I think that was just the greatest thing. That's one of the largest scenes in the movie is just that protesting scene alone because that whole movie is based on the gorilla and the animals that are trapped inside that mall that people just didn't agree with. And it went around the, around the city and the town that how these people with this circus were just putting the these animals in there and they couldn't deal with that anymore and that protesting scene is just a major turning point for the entire movie it's what starts the movie and it's what ultimately ends the movie because in the end of the movie for those that haven't seen it you know you'll have to watch um but
0: we've actually both seen it she watched it okay
2: good but there's (laughs) listeners so you have uh you know they that you Get to be a part of not just one part of it but really the whole movie that scene was just probably the most awesome parts getting to hold those signs getting the cheer getting to to be a part of that side of the whole show that it yeah. was based on
1: yeah
2: and i think that's super exciting and, and we had so much fun it was many many hours i think we spent 14 hours or so on that day
0: who just was watching the, the kids academy. during this time
2: they were offset. They were able to, uh, to be there. We have some older kids that were able to watch them. So it was nice to have that babysitter and be like, oh, there's mom, there's dad. Now, how many oh, kids wow, do, you,
0: do you have now? What are you up to 12? So,
2: so we have six total. Um, oh, okay. We have an 18 year old that doesn't live here in Alaska with us. He's still ah. in Florida, but we have the other five that live with us, ranging from four to 16 years old. So, Wow, man. We have babysitters. Oof. Yeah, we're a yours, mine and ours family.
0: That's cool. But 18, you guys, uh, how did you take that, leaving the uh, oldest one at that point?
2: It was one of those tough decisions because we know our kids well. We know what they're capable of. And we're like, I'm not sure that you're ready for the real world quite yet. You need mm. a little more time at home so we can teach you a few more things that maybe you weren't old enough to understand. Um, so it was tough to leave him behind. But he, we had to come to common sense and some common ground that, hey, you know what? You're an adult now. You have a right to make that decision. And if that's what you choose, then you have our blessing to make those decisions. And and we stuck stuck fast and hard to that. And that's there's cool. a chance he might be he might be coming up here at some point, but right. we'll let we'll let life teach him some <laughs> lessons and we'll go from
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> Bree, do you have anything else for Richard?
1: No, I, other than just thank you so much for your time and letting us hear about this. It sounds like an awesome experience. Actually, no, I have one more. Yes. Since sure. you were a part of the production and um, more or less in tune with the storyline, when you were finally able to see it, um, how how did that feel? What kind of emotions did you have?
2: So as soon as we heard that the movie came out, we were like, we've got to go get this movie. This is the one movie I'm going to buy because I know that it's going to have more significant value. So we sat there and it was like slow motion through the whole movie. Like, <laughs> where am I? Where am I? Wait, 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 is that me? Oh, no, that's not me. That's not me. So we kept going through each scene and looking at everything. And then we're like, oh, my gosh, there we are. There we are. It's like you know the
0: last 10 minutes of the film, I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> we're pretty close
2: to it. It was just seconds. It was just brief seconds. And but I think it's like, man, I spent so much time, hours, doing that, and that's all you get. But still a great know, film,
0: it's, though.
2: It's yeah. still an awesome film, and it's a it's a wonderful Disney production. They're still coming out with some awesome shows. I look forward mm-hmm. to to the future um films that I'll be a part of, and I, you know, as those come along, I'll definitely let you guys know. And. We'll sit and talk and chit chat about
0: those ones. Sure. And and Richard, this is the part where I need to come clean with Brie. Oh boy. Richard was my coordinator at Magic Kingdom. Uh what year was that?
2: Ooh, that might have been let's see.
0: Twenty ten, eleven, twelve? No, it, it had to have been it has it to had to before have been twelve or thirteen no no it was yeah. after it was when i moved to magic oh, kingdom i would say
2: 2012 oh. or 13 somewhere in there yeah yeah
0: that's you how know, so i know they, richard richard worked okay. for me at magic kingdom because i'm oh. at one point i'm pretty sure she was like how are you getting this guy as in an interview how did that happen <laughs> so um yes yeah, so i just wanted to make sure full disclosure that i yeah. richard and i had worked together
2: okay. i'll tell you what magic though kingdom. disney uh disney is Disney has an incredible training program. and It was so cool to get to be a coordinator and teach new cast members. I mean, I learned so much. I still today, even in the fire department, I teach our new hires. And, I, and that's the first thing I teach them is customer service. And I do it just the way Disney taught me. And mm-hmm. I still hold on to those values. I mean, it's just so incredible. It really is some amazing life skills. Mm-hmm. Disney's taken it. And, you know, they teach other agencies come to Disney to learn how yeah, to, it's uh-huh, really better.
0: difficult to try yes. and change certain behaviors. Oh, is that a Disney point? Exactly. <laughs> well, Richard, we thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we wish you and the family all the best. And please uh keep in touch with us and uh, let us know if uh anything else comes up there in the future for you.
2: Oh, I sure will. Thank you guys so much for having me. I hope you guys have an amazing day. Yep. You too. You, you and, too.
0: uh, you know, stay safe out there. You may be we'll... in Alaska and you might be able to see, you know, Russia from Sarah Palin's front porch, but uh... <laughs> we've we got two attacks this
2: week. So it's been a little rough up here. <laughs>
0: All right, man. All right. Take care All right, guys.
2: All right. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. bye-bye. Voices. We had Sam Rockwell as Ivan, who is the uh, western lowland gorilla. He's a silverback gorilla that was rescued by Mac. Angelina Jolie uh, does the voice of Stella, the wise African bush elephant that is Ivan's friend. Danny DeVito is Bob, the stray dog that is Ivan's friend and often sneaks into the big top mall, much to the annoyance of Mac. Helen Mirren is Snickers, the spoiled white poodle owned by Mac that often performs with Stella. Uh, Brooklyn Prince was Ruby, the baby African bush elephant that Mac obtains from Bankrupt Circus. Shaka Khan is Henrietta, spunky little silky chicken who plays baseball. Uh, Ron Funches does the voice of Murphy, uh, a white European rabbit who wears a red bow tie and drives a toy fire truck. (laughs) Philippa Sue is Thelma, the loquacious blue and yellow macaw. And then Mike White is Frankie, a paranoid California sea lion that balances the ball. So this film, you got to see it for your first time today.
1: No, it wasn't today. But yes, I saw it for the first time. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I thought I thought it might have been today. Okay, so Mm -hmm. but you've seen it recently. Yep. Talk to me about what you saw.
1: So. I don't know if like something was wrong with me, but I spent a huge portion of this movie bawling my eyes
0: out <laughs> go ahead and tell me dr eric's hair
1: oh, tell my me goodness.
0: tell me what troubles you
1: um so when the movie first started i don't know what i was really expecting um but in true disney form the animals can talk And so right from the get go, like Ivan introduces himself, breaks the fourth wall and starts talking to you directly. And I was like, oh no, wait, it's Disney. So then it's okay. Like, (laughs) I think had this been anything else, I would have been like, no, not for me, but I kept watching it and it's cute. There are so many, it's definitely something that you can watch as a family. There are true to Disney Um, Disney ways there are parts that are for mom and dad and there are parts that are for the kids to enjoy too so um, yeah you meet Ivan you learn that Stella's his oldest and best friend Um, Bob the dog initially doesn't have a name
0: um, (laughs) that's right yeah
1: but uh, but Ivan he's the star of the show and he comes out at the very end and he's so confident and happy about that because like you know it's I do know. Like, he's the star of the show. He makes everything happen and he feels this kind of responsibility to everyone um, mm-hmm. that he shares the show with. Um, not in a really like cocky way. Um, Cause it definitely could, it could have been, but it wasn't. Um, so then you end up meeting, uh, you end up meeting Julia, the young girl whose dad, George also works, um, works at the mall and for the show. And she has a sick mom so she kind of draws to escape and she always sits in front of ivan's cage and he as he's narrating the beginning of the movie explains how you know she could sit anywhere she wants but she always sits right here with me and over time she starts giving her drawing materials to ivan and when she gets new crayons he gets the old ones when um she gets finger paints and she feels like she's too old for him she gives them to ivan and um, the really cool relationship between the two of them is, you know, she she talks to him all the time, like he's her best friend. And um, the first thing he ever draws is a beetle. And Bob has no idea what it is. It mm-hmm. makes Ivan feel so silly for even trying to draw. And Julia sees it and she's like, Dad, look, he made a beetle. Mm-hmm. And Ivan's like, oh, like you... What was so cool about this with all of the animals, not only like the humor and the things that they say and the relationships that they have with one another being in the the space they're in are the facial expressions, especially with Ivan, like his facial expressions, you know, when he's like touched, you know, when he's angry, you know, when he's sad, you know, when he's frustrated. Um, So Along comes Ruby, the cutest little elephant ever, and Stella kind of takes her um, under her wing because Ruby is new, she's young, and Stella becomes Aunt Stella. And then Stella's foot gets hurt. And then from that moment on, I don't know if I stopped crying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, it, you, you run into a situation where you have Stella. Uh, it, it, the only way I can equate it is it wasn't like a loss of a parent, but it might as well have been. It might as well have been on the scale of like Bambi losing um, his mother or, you know, Dumbo being torn away from you know, his mom.
1: Mrs. Jumbo.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it still has that moment where you can tell that, you know, she gets to that point where she has to tell Ivan, hey, promise me, promise me you're going to make sure that Ruby's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. And it's a very touching moment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you don't cho- at least choke back a tear, you're not human,
1: <laughs> I was gonna say you're not human,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so um, so yeah, I mean that definitely got me, and then, um, from there, you know, what Stella used to always do is tell Ruby these stories, and at first, Ivan was kind of torn off torn off, turned off by Ruby because he kind of felt like she was not so much stealing his thunder but stealing his thunder, like she mm-hmm. became the headliner. So then he lost his responsibility and he didn't like that. Um, uh, But Ruby was, you know, she's a persistent, cute little elephant and like wants to be best friends with Ivan. So, um, you know, after Stella's no longer with the group, Ivan immediately takes her in and, um, you know, tries to tell her bedtime stories like Stella used to. And in the meantime, in the background, with the circus show that they have inside this mall um, they're they're losing their crowd the crowds they used to have they're starting to lose and so you know Ivan was determined to to bring back all of the people so in um, bringing Ruby on that started to gain the attention of the crowds again because she's mm-hmm. this adorable little elephant and who doesn't want to see a baby any animal right <laughs> um Personally, I want to see a baby hippo. It's my dream to one day be able to pet a hippo. (laughs) Anyway, um, so, you know, Ivan has this stuffed stuffed monkey that he calls not tag. And Bob kind of plays with it a lot. And Ruby asks him about it and he tells her the name, but there's like, there's no story to be had. Well, as time goes on, particularly when Stella does pass and he's focusing more on Ruby and being there for her and trying to figure out how he can keep his promise to Stella. And that was to allow Ruby to be free because Ruby doesn't know the wild. She was born in captivity and that's essentially where she will stay like Stella did. And so that was her like dying wish is like take care of Ruby, make sure she gets Mm -hmm. to the wild. So Ivan's just always trying to figure out how he can, you know, live up. Well, in the beginning, he's like, oh, it's just not possible. It's not going to happen. Bob's like, yeah, but you promise. So you'll figure it
0: out. <laughs> um, so also to, you know, touching base a little bit on that whole concept of Mac owning the big top mall and having the circus in the mall. It, it, look at just the evolution of malls in general. I mean, obviously malls had their heyday in the bulk of the 80s um late 70s mo- all of the 80s and most of the 90s
1: mhm
0: now look at the year 2021 what's Unless, a mall right well no <laughs> mall, malls are still around but unless you're maybe in your area i was gonna say unless you're florida mall which is one of the largest in florida in orlando or mall at millennia which is a thriving mall um or mall of america Mm -hmm. all the way out in you know minnesota um or if you're looking at like the galleria in southern california and again this is all post pandemic there aren't many actual malls like I live uh just half a mile mile away from one that used to be viable it's basically a dead mall. Mm -hmm. there's a food court that half the food places might be open if there's business but otherwise there's only a few shops and nothing of any real significance there are no anchors they're all gone Mm -hmm. I mean you have like Sears it's pretty much gone under and
1: i don't
0: even know if sears exists anymore exactly no that's kind of the point so when you look at brian cranston's character mac and what he's up against as time progresses he's running into another situation where nobody cares about a circus in a mall anymore Mm -hmm. unless you can bring something big bad uh and new and then you know once you add that addition of ruby it's does make things quite interesting but even that tapers off at some point
1: right so um yeah from there um you know ivan keeps drawing and he draws a key and he decides he's gonna draw a key and julia's gonna know what it is and she's gonna give him the keys and they'll escape that way and um that's this is where um castillo the um security guy really comes into play um and what ends up being uh off the cuff plan um and they essentially trap him inside ivan's cage um and take the keys and he goes to leave with ruby and bob's like i don't remember if now i don't remember if it was bob or ruby but someone's like what about everyone else which is kind of crazy because one of them is a seal (laughs) and it's how are you going to get a seal in the wild and like everything be okay that's all I could think of the entire time the escape happens but the the escape is literally like 15 minutes they get across the parking lot they get across the road um they make a chicken crossing the road joke which was
2: pretty funny
1: (laughs) And then they get into these woods, and then they get to the end of the woods, and it's all these developments. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then Mac finds them, and um, you know, they go back. Um, at some point, Ruby really pokes at Ivan to hear about the wild and to hear a story about himself. And Ivan's like, Oh, it was so long ago, I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember. And Bob says, you know, Stella always said there's a difference between not remembering and won't remember. Mm -hmm. And so he decides to tell this story of his life and you learn about um, the first story he ever tells Ruby. You learn about his life growing up with Mac, that he lived with Mac in his home um, you know, he was his, his baby in a diaper. And as he got older, he was just, he was mischievous, which I mean, just like a kid. And, um, eventually, um, his wife, Helen couldn't really handle it anymore. And she left and just never came back. And Mac and Ivan kind of created an even more special bond. They kind of bumped foreheads together just to kind of be like, you know, I'm here for you. Uh, you know, we're in this together um and then you know he got to be too big he couldn't be in the house anymore so then he ended up in what is now his home at the small, and then it grew and then he got more friends and you know whatever and then he goes back to like before then when he was an itty bitty baby his parents called him mud because he would play in the mud and draw he didn't do any of the things that you're that you know young male gorillas are supposed to do he wasn't strong and fierce and his dad Tried to teach him, but then ultimately, like loved him for, for just being his carefree painting self. Mm-hmm. And um, his sister, they called Tag because, well, she was just really good at the game. So then <laughs> that's why his stuffed animal is not Tag because it will never be his sister. Yeah. So then that's another like uh, uh, moment. So then cue me literally sitting on my floor crying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you know, there comes that point as you get into the film where Brian Cranston's character Mac realizes that it's not enough to just have Ruby
2: um mm-hmm. be the headliner.
0: And then, you know, when you you have Julia mentioning to Mac that, you know, oh, Ivan drew this, he kind of brushes it off at first, and then he's like, Wait, what? The gorilla can draw the gorilla can draw. <laughs> And then the epiphany, it's suddenly, oh my gosh, he's our headliner again. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to want to come see the drawing gorilla in the yeah, advertisement.
1: The artistic eight on exit Yes.
0: Eight. <laughs> yeah. You get the the news outlets there, packed house. And Ivan decides uh, as soon as he has the, <laughs> the paint and pen, he just kind of gives him the raspberries and just doesn't do anything, <laughs> causing right away. Uh, the crowd to laugh and then you know Mac saying oh uh, Ivan's original paintings are available in the gift shop
1: (laughs) (laughs) go spend more money (laughs) right
0: exactly Um, but I mean you can tell that Ivan is just like I'm not here to do this for your amusement but it does set the stage later when he finally does get that passion to want to show everyone that hey I am an intelligent being Mm -hmm. and he starts to go and paint that mural that's Mm -hmm. on the the second floor Um, it's just breathtaking for the audience like wow I can't believe he just did this
1: it's very
0: very cool concept very cool concept
1: yeah and then one of the things I liked the most was at the end of the movie as is any based on true events movies and stories go is they showed real photos of Ivan and the like the full like actual story versus the right Disney-fied version
0: mm-hmm. you know when I, I know it caught you by surprise in the beginning when the like Ivan addresses you know everyone and yeah even the fourth wall is kind of surprising but as soon as I saw that sequence, right away my mindset went live action Lady in the Tramp, Live Action Lion King. Oh,
1: especially when I saw Bob.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I was like, Tramp is in two movies? <laughs>
0: <laughs> also But, oh, go but ahead. It, it no, I was just gonna say it, it, it felt comfortable putting it up in that line uh that, that lineup. And even when you go to watch the film, it lists I think those two movies I just suggested, Lady and the Tramp and the Live Action Lion King, are listed in there too as suggestions. Yeah. If you liked One and Only Ivan, feel free to watch the following. Yeah. What would you like to? What uh, would you like to rate this film on a scale of one to ten? Ivan drawings.
1: Uh I'm going to have to rate it high. Like, it got me. I didn't expect it, but it got me. Um, I'm going to give it a 10. I mean, like I said before, like, the the visuals and the emotions, particularly with Ivan, the humor with the other animals, and the the, the story, the, the ability to tell the story in the way that they did, The painting that he made was gorgeous. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: then that just the visual at the end of the movie when he climbs up the tree and you can see like what life is like, just that visual was just so beautiful. Like it was a beautiful story. It was a beautiful moment. And just visually, it was beautiful.
0: I am also going to uh, rate this as a 10 um for the family friendliness it's a movie that's easily consumed by the entire family along with a box of kleenex it's just a wise decision to have on standby
1: two boxes of kleenex or a dog who will lick your face
0: (laughs) all right i'll take your word for that um (laughs) so Wrapping up, I mean, it was uh, kind of a spur of the moment decision to rate this one based on the fact that we were able to conduct an interview with one of the, uh, the performers that was an extra in the film, Richard Valentine. So that was a, a cool little added feature. Um, and we got to see a, a good family film. It was mm-hmm. uh, entertaining and again, based on the real life story about Ivan the Gorilla. And uh, you've been listening to the Red Carpet Cafe. And as always, uh, I am one of your hosts, Eric Root.
1: And I am your other host, Brie Prout.
0: And don't forget that the Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind Podcast Network. You can find us on the web at BKRPN.com. Have a great day, everybody.